Welcome everybody, you're listening to the Exist Magazine podcast, the podcast for unexpected Midwest culture and lifestyle. On this episode, we sat down with Jake Lewis of Raza Easels. Jake is a creative and entrepreneur living in St. Louis and has teamed up with his best friend Josh to create an easel that every artist should have in their arsenal of tools. Check out their Kickstarter to help back their project and achieve their goal to produce a great portable easel. Feel free to rate the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. It helps spread the word and gets us on the radar. Enjoy episode 11 with Jake Lewis. All right. Welcome, everybody. My name is Johnny. This is Exist Magazine, your unexpected Midwest culture and lifestyle podcast. And on today's episode, this is episode 11, we are talking with Jake Lewis. Say hi, Jake. Hello. Turn that phone on silent. I'm, I'm very sorry. Don't do disturb, actually. What are you thinking? You know we're recording here, right? My wife's on the in the PTO meeting, and uh, it's, I, I imagine it's important. He just th- the baby probably just threw up. <laughs> I guarantee that's what it was. Do not disturb. We're good. <laughs> so, Jake, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, full day of teaching, and now I get to polish it off with. One of my favorite human beings. Oh, thank you. Well, I could, all, all, I do, all I try to do is make, make people's day better, you know? I'm just uh, here, here to make you smile. And Jake is, he's already you know, mentioned he's a teacher, but he does many things. And one of the things that he's working on right now is a project called Raza Easels. Tell us a little bit about Raza Easels. Oh, let's see. Uh, well, I think the most uh, the most current thing is that we are currently funding on a Kickstarter. So we're a local company, um, and I can tell you more about that. But um, basically, we're trying to get started uh, here in St. Louis. So it's just me and my best friend. Um, we've invented a art supplies product, and we're trying to bring this to market without going to China. Um, without hiring children um, and we're just we want to keep it local we want to grow organically we want to scale up at an organic rate and uh, we're not really all that interested in Shark Tank so we just you know we're using Kickstarter as a way to build community get a feel for what people really want and uh, you know do it do it organically here and the easel itself tell us a little bit about the the object yeah I wish I could show you rather than tell you but oh you didn't bring one with you i, I did oh okay i mean they can't see it the pocket so. the listeners can't see it yeah, yeah yeah um but they can go check it yeah, out they can check it out where you can should. they check it out at? so go to kickstarter kickstarter and you then guys you, are doing a kickstarter yes and it, we have like 24 days left yeah and it's all or nothing so if we don't fund we get nothing Wow. Yeah. So it's important. Yeah. It's super important. That I edit this quick and get it out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm hope, I hope so. We want to help, we want to help support. We want to, you know, as many listeners as we can to, to try and, and go. But I, I think my listeners will be very interested in this because I feel like it's a, yeah. I'm in a, an artist-based community with this podcast with being unexpected Midwest culture and lifestyle. Absolutely. It kind of encapsulates these kinds of ideas and creative outlets yeah. that people are, are using. It's, you know, I really like the way you, it's the unexpected, right? And the Midwest yeah. to me is like, it's, it's the underdog, of America, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, um, 
like Re- take St. Louis for instance. It's just there's it's packed full of talent, man. So much talent. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's exactly why I do this is yeah. is to try and and grab a hold of that underground, yeah. you know, the the flyover, right. if you will. Yeah. group of of community that that lives here. Yeah. And yeah, not just in in St. Louis, but in the Midwest and in general, and I think uh you guys fall definitely fall into that category. And, and people don't realize like it's you know, it's it's hard to think of St. Louis as a city when you live in it because it's so close knit. Yeah. You know? It's oh, like yeah. a confederation of towns. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is St. Louis. Yeah. You know? But it's and it's all so spread out but still so connected. Yeah. And it's it's grown on us a lot. I mean, Josh and I are both transplants and it's just you know. Oh well where are you from? So I uh I grew up until about middle school down in the boot heel. Down the boot Down heel. Down the boot heel, like close to Arkansas, Dexter, Missouri. Dexter, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, Dexter, Missouri. And uh, I was the uh, I was the kid, like the art kid. Like I was the kid featured in the newspaper and stuff. Yeah. You know? And uh, had like private lessons from like a, a legendary watercolor artist who saw my stuff and was like, I'll teach you for free, you know. And Who's I, that? Uh, John Lattimore. He was a wildlife watercolor painter. He's... Wow. Passed away since. John Lattimore. John Lattimore, yeah. So I did a couple of years with him when I was a middle school kid, you know? Yeah. And, uh, just this amazing, amazing opportunity. My parents were, like, extremely supportive. Um, so it's just, you know, that was cool. And then uh, we up and moved to Dallas out of nowhere. Eighth grade, you know? Missouri to Dallas. To Dallas, Texas, you know, from, like, this tiny little school in town to going to a middle school that was bigger than like every school combined in the small town. Yeah. You know, in, in Dallas. And it was just amazing amount of exposure, you know, um, and stayed in Dallas until about, Oh man, when did I move here? Let's see. Uh, when did I get married? That will give me a good, I think it was like 2008 when I moved or 2009 when I moved to St. Louis. Okay. So, so that was almost right when we met. Yeah. At Merrimack, because I started going it, back in 09. Yeah, it actually, it was. Yeah. Yeah, because I had, you know, I was a dropout. I dropped out of college like three or four times. And uh, and were you I, going to, to art school in Dallas? You know, I was bouncing around through like community colleges. Yeah. Just trying to find what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Working like at UPS and in the mall, you know. Like, oh, yeah. The kid who's just like, I got to pay for my car insurance. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for like two or three years. You know, and what uh, made you decide to move back to St. Louis? Was that a family thing? Oh, yeah. this is going to be a long story. <laughs> <laughs> That's what podcasts are, man. Oh, they're they're man. long stories. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to try to abbreviate this. OK. Um, I moved to St. Louis chasing a girl. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. And well, a lot of moves ha- happen yeah, like right, that. Yeah. Right. And so I had spent before I came to St. Louis, I was in a monastery for three years. A monastery. I was in a monastery. Yeah. You, you were going to be a monk. I was a monk. You were a monk. I, I was a monk. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So uh, you you did you just keep the shaved head from that whole experience? <laughs> <laughs> I had more hair as a monk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it was uh, it was you know, I did that for like three years and had a change of heart, change of faith, you know, right and. Uh, I, uh, before I went there, I had spent time in St. Louis. You know, I've always came to St. Louis, like, 
on a yearly basis to visit family because my dad grew up here, my mom grew up here, you know. In St. Louis, yeah. or oh yeah, in St. Okay. Louis, yeah. My dad went to high school, I think, somewhere around here. My grandma just moved out of the house she lived in for like fifty years, so wow. We would always go to Dutchtown. Okay. She had a little bitty house in Dutchtown, you know, and it was like magical every year coming to see grandma because there's really, I mean, people don't realize this, but there's really no other city like St. Louis. There really isn't. There, there really is not. I mean, you, you drive into St. Louis and like for one thing, it's like the, the, the visual strikingness of red brick and green trees everywhere, like no matter how uh, low income or high income the neighborhood is it's these beautiful brick homes yeah everywhere you go it's amazing you know and you don't see that anywhere else so like it's just the architecture all so of that. unique yeah you know and coming from a small town where everything's like you know crappy vinyl siding and, sure. and wood you know and I, I was a you know lower middle class kid in a suburb in the suburbs in a small town and you come to st louis and like you can stand between two little houses and you can touch them. It's just weird, you know? <laughs> and all these basements, you know? Yeah, like Grandma's yeah. basement. Like, who doesn't remember Grandma's basement? Right? My Grandma's basement was uh, an unfinished floor and had a shower down there. That's where Same. we showered. Yeah. yeah. And it was scary to take a shower there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never wanted to yeah. shower there. You're like, I'll pass. <laughs> Did it have the curtain that was, like, on pipes? Uh-huh. And it, like, had the squeaky... And you had to, like, do it just right to get over the joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and the water would be, like, it would be, like, really soft. And then all of a sudden, like, super hard. <laughs> yeah, like a power washer. That's just how it went. <laughs> That's so great. My grandparents just lived across the river in Alton. So we, we, weren't, she, we weren't in Missouri, but so very similar, mm-hmm. you know, stru- structure in, totally. in, in the house building. But uh, basement, man. Yeah. It's, like, the best memories ever. So then... You moved back uh, to St. Louis, so after high school, so you're already in college, right? Oh, man. So I, yeah, so I, I came to St. Louis to see Grandma. Spent some time with her. Um, there was a lot of weird family stuff going on, and I came here to St. Louis to uh, just spend like three months with her and kind of get my head straight. And I ended up meeting a woman here. Um, Another one? A, a different <laughs> lady, yeah. And, uh, well, this is before. This this is why I came back to St. Louis. So you met so her I, in, da- in Dallas? Before I became a monk, I came here first. Okay. And I did like a three-month, get my head clear, get my get my head straight. Okay. You know? And I met this. I met a woman here. And then that didn't go anywhere, of course, because I was becoming a monk. So I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. But I ended up becoming a monk, leaving, came back to St. Louis, rekindled things with her and then she in- introduced me to a career in social work where I became a well I worked in in direct support social work and that's where I met my current wife <laughs> really wow and I shouldn't say current wife like I've had several like this is the first and last you know but um it's you know um yeah so crazy Turn of events, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I could have gone, you know, I left I left uh, the monastery and I could have gone anywhere, man. Like, yeah. But I'm so glad that there was that weird turn of events, you know, that just got me here. And then the woman that I came here for ended up not working out. Like, we just, we knew it just wasn't going to work. She was way too mature for me. <laughs> 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 from a guy that's coming to going to be a monk yeah. like 
<laughs> Way too mature. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I, had, I had never had to, like, you know, pay a mortgage or, like, you know, the, like... Do the, adult things. Yeah, I had yeah. never really done adult things. Like, <laughs> dude, like, wisdom and maturity are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. Like, there's kids that are super wise, but they but don't... But they have no experience. They have no experience. Yeah. yeah. I teach a lot of them. <laughs> what uh, what grade do you teach? Sixth, seventh, and eighth. Wow. My uh, girlfriend's daughter is in sixth grade, and my son is in fifth grade getting ready to, to, to make it into middle school. Man. I, yeah. Oof. I'm dreading the, uh, the transfer from, from elementary to middle. It's, are you, are you going to move up as a, as a teacher? You're going to go from... My son. Oh, you know, oh. Yeah, because he's seven. It's like he has some, some time, but... Yeah. You know, it's like... It, oh, it, it goes quick, man. What do you do? It you know? goes yeah. so quick. Like, I mean, I, it, I've been, you know, living in, in St. Louis uh, for, you know, eight years now. Yeah. And Jackson's been, like, he's grown with me in that process. Like, he's... That's so awesome. Like, when, when he was born, like, my life was changing. So, he, wow. he kind of, yeah. you know directed and and led me through through my my choices uh, yeah. to to be here but it's it's time just goes by so fast like, that's a really that's a that's a very cool kid dude like uh, a kid that will stay with you through all your transitions and, and changes and and not like have resentment that's amazing yeah and it takes you know yeah it He's really like he's something. He's like nobody else. Like yeah. Jackson is, a, he's so smart, and the experience is coming along with it because yeah. he's been in so many different, you know, situations yeah. that he's had to to handle and and to to do that at such a young age yeah. from with all this change and and different families and it's he, just like he probably has a really high social IQ because of that. Yeah, like he can probably talk to anyone. <laughs> You'd think can't, he can't. He's not. He's kind of awkward. He, he's yeah. He could. He could be a little he, awkward. He's a little he, introverted, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I but, find like kids that have like, especially kids that are that have to adapt to having like two different families, right? Yeah. You know, it's like they tend to be a lot better at reading reading people, right? And kind of knowing like when not to talk and when to talk. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I get. He definitely has some of that for sure. Yeah. I didn't have any of that as a kid. <laughs> just no filter i was well i just i guess <laughs> i mean yeah, i guess but you that know. that you know that's part of you and your creativity yeah. as well so yeah. what um i went all over the place with that man i want to just give you a minute to soak all that in it's it's a lot it's a lot it's, it's a, a lot, lot to take in it is i really want to dig into that monastery and, and oh, you're in <laughs> you'd be no. going to be a monk but we're here to uh to promote and support uh your your new venture of of raza easels yeah i don't know why i'm sorry i went into all that I just, you asked me a loaded question man yeah well i mean you're we want to get to know you a little bit we want our listeners uh to be able to connect with you on that level and and real and you know, respect the yeah. the the venture that you're. you're I'm just going to say job transfer next time. Like someone <laughs> says, "Why did you come to St. Louis?" Job transfer. Job transfer. That's <laughs> a that's a pretty <laughs> big job transfer too. Or I'll just do the whole. What is the goodwill hunting? I had to see about a girl. Just had to see about a girl. Just leave it at that. <laughs> what uh? So coming back uh and going to school, you're you're not a monk anymore, and um you chose to go into design right oh yeah design is like 
I mean, I wished I had known it when I was younger, but I was like the kid who was like, you know, I can't just draw my Hot Wheels. I have to draw my own Hot Wheel. I can't just draw my shoes. I have to make up my own shoes. Yeah. I can't just draw my action figures. I have to make my own superhero and design his uniform. And everything was always design based as a kid, man. Like, and then I didn't even know that was a like a thing. Yeah. Like I didn't know people design things. It's like and it's like bacon. I was in the dark in the same from. way. Like I had no, I had, I didn't even know. Even going like through high school, uh, it, it was the day I graduated, like last day of school. My yeah. uh, fine arts teacher was like, "You should go into graphic design." awesome <laughs> i was like graphic design yeah okay i'll do that <laughs> i had no idea I had no idea who was this didn't know what illustrator was didn't know any of of the of you know designer tools and yeah. and things i had i had dabbled in photography i was really interested in photography because i grew up with a camera in my hands like that was That's like awesome. one of the things that i would sneak into the closet and grab my dad's camera so and cool. he would get so mad because <laughs> it was like he got it in vietnam you know oh, while wow. he was over in hong kong and brought this thing back and it was like you know his his treasure and on my 18th birthday he got me basically the same camera yeah. it was like a a, mo- a a later model of it but it was in a nikon f2 oh and okay yeah and so and I, and I grew up shooting film wow and so that was kind of what drove me in my creative direction was was photography and then drawing so does your dad teach you like all the darkroom stuff hell no <laughs> my dad didn't know shit about photography. He just had a camera. He just had a camera. Yeah, yeah, like he didn't. He had no like he knew uh, exposure, you know, to sh- to shoot. He yeah. understood how to use the camera, but he had he would take the film to wherever and get it developed. This sounds like a this sounds like a, a common story, right? Like someone has a guitar in a closet. Yeah, and then like then someone becomes Slash because <laughs> they found a guitar. Right. Yeah. I li- I listened to uh uh, uh micro. He does this. Uh, um, that's the way I heard it or whatever, and was talking about, uh, Eddie Van Halen and his brother yeah. and how they, great story. they started out, uh, reverse. Uh, Eddie was a drum, started off on the drums. Yeah. yeah. And then his brother came in and t- took over his drums and then he went into his room and grabbed his guitar and said, what do you think about that? That's great. And then I think, I think I remember the drummer saying that, uh, when he heard Eddie playing, he was like, I give up. <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing this for two years and he's already better than me in like a day right so. <laughs> yeah it's it, it but it, it takes like moments like that for for yeah. discovery it it's takes crazy. moments like that to to make make shit happen yeah. and i think that you guys are on the break with with this uh raza easels and tell and it's not just you right you have a partner in crime with oh, this yeah so i mean this wouldn't happen without josh yeah i mean honestly like there's no way in hell i would be doing this without him What's Josh's role? Like, how, how do you guys uh, do this? So, Josh is, um, he's my mistress, essentially. Um, I've known him since middle school. So, when I moved to Dallas from that small town, I met Josh in the eighth grade. And we've been, like, best friends since then. Um, and we've never lived in the same state since then. Like, that semester, he moved away to California. And then since then, he's been, like, pursuing this crazy academic career. Um, is he a teacher as well? He is not a teacher. He is a, uh, oh, my God, I'm going to butcher. He's going to kill me. This is a, <laughs> he is a Ph.D. candidate for Semitic Language Studies, I think is what it's called. Is that, like, dead languages? 
pretty much, yeah. Wow. I don't think all of them are dead. I mean, he, I think he just finished translating this amazing collection of Syriac poetry. It's never been translated into English. Yeah, and Syriac is like, I think, did he tell me Syriac is like the same as Aramaic, which is what uh, basically was spoken during the time of Christ. So mm-hmm. Christ would have been speaking in Aramaic, which is also Syriac, I believe. That's so interesting. He translates the stuff. And uh, like he's been to the Vatican vaults, down in the vaults and stuff. Wow. He studied in Oxford. We're, Tom, we're like where Tom Hanks was in, in uh, the Da Vinci Code? I've never seen that, but Josh has much <laughs> better hair than that guy. I mean... <laughs> Just his hair in that movie was just ridiculous. I don't understand that at I all. I don't get it either. It's like they got that, that pink gel from the grocery store called like something rain. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what I used in, in like middle school to gel up my hair. <laughs> Is the it, but I used blue. It was blue. The blue it was blue. There's a blue one and a pink one, right? It's like yeah. It's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. And it's, it's spelled weird too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so Basically, uh, me and him, he was living in D.C. working on his uh, Ph.D. And uh, So you guys met in Dallas, right? We met in Dallas, yeah. And then he goes off to California. You go to Missouri. Then he goes from California to D.C. I stayed in Dallas, you know. Yeah, then I moved. Yeah, so and then, yeah. we're moving around everywhere. And yeah. We're not seeing each other. But we're always, like, on the phone with each other, you know, um, popping in for holidays and always staying in touch. It's just... It was this amazing bromance, you know. <laughs> and then uh, we decided we we kind of got older, and we're like, you know, counting down the years, kind of thing, and talking. We're like, hey, we've always wanted to do art together. He's an amazing artist, um, book arts, um, great designer. Um, so we're like, we got to do this, dude. Like, it's just something we have to do together. So we were already making art together, flying back and forth, trying to get something started, and. Uh, we started adding up or he he's he's a polymath so he'll research something and then do it so he's like well let's research the probability of us being successful as artists so he does all this math he's like listen dude if if we're going to do this here's the sacrifices we have to make you know do you want <laughs> yeah the okay? probabilities of success as an artist yeah. the it's numbers like, i'm well i'm surprised yeah. you guys went forward with it <laughs> I, I so i am i'm dumbly optimistic still I'm, I'm still romantic and optimistic and without josh i would have already ruined the company because i just want to give things away and it doesn't work that way <laughs> what, what are what are your like uh your day-to-day responsibilities as uh, with raza easels yeah um as far as like getting this going and and managing the kickstarter yeah promoting so marketing it's, it's it's a huge growth experience for both of us i mean neither of us have have ever been entrepreneurs and uh, Josh, we, we complement each other really well. So he has what I call laser beam focus. So he can stay, he's, he's extremely hard-headed. I mean, you have to be hard-headed to have that many master's degrees and be working on a, on a PhD. And I mean, you have to really be able to stick it out. And he can hold me to something really well. And I like to chase squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to talk to people. So... Um, I'm the lightning underpants, you know, like I have these crazy bursts of creativity and, and ideas and, and then he helps me rent it all in and then he refines it and, uh, he's the CEO basically. He's just this amazing captain that can keep sight of the big picture while still remaining flexible, you know, and, and I can continually just throw ideas at him and, and I mean, 
he has amazing ideas too. I mean, if you look at the design of the uh, of the easel, that's two hundred plus revisions he did wow. on a laser cutter. Wow. Yeah. So I had the initial idea. I called him up. You know, we were already doing the art, and I was like, dude, I got this. I was really pissed off. You know, and I, I tore apart a sketchbook and made this thing. And I sent him a video. I think I might have been half drunk, and I was angry. I know that. Because <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure something out for the kids. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're trying to teach portraiture to a bunch of middle schoolers. Yeah. And you don't have easels. You know, like, I kept practicing my, my portrait art. And when I would flip the page up, you know, because of the foreshortening, they'd all have cone heads. Right. And I'm like, that's why easels are a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, but I can't have 30 easels in my classroom or afford them. So I'm just like tearing apart sketchbooks trying to make something that will turn into a, an easel on a sketchbook. And I sent Josh the video and he's like, dude, he's like, we, this is it. This is, this is our thing. We need to do this. And so I, I romanced him into moving to St. Louis and we did it. Yeah. Wow. Over, yeah. over this idea. Over this. Yeah. He moves from DC to back to St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah. And his amazing wife like had a, like a, an amazing career in DC you know, and they were like, you know, like chipping away at their life in D.C. And they totally just like packed it up, man, moved here, bought a house, put down some roots. And we're serious about it, man. This is not like a let's just see what happens. This is like we're going to make this happen, you know. And it's amazing, too. The design of this thing is so great. Thank you, man. Like the way that folds flat and it has all of the different notches for the different angles, like what and and I uh, was looking on the Instagram too, like as the the progress that and like you talked about the two hundred revisions and all these different things, like yeah. so much design into such a simple idea. Thank you. Like the the you can tell the the quality and the work that you've put into this. We agonize over every detail. Yeah, I mean it's got to be a perfectionist. It's it's kind of I mean to to anyone else, I mean they would think we're insane. <laughs> the the amount of thought we put into like just the the degree of a curve like i'm not kidding yeah. like we'll sit there and i mean i tend to take over that stuff josh is you know i like to get really deep into the minutia of things like does this curve does this axis match this axis and what does this make me feel like <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah too sharp of a curve you're yeah. too angry you know exactly <laughs> it's got yeah. too too round of a curve and you're too loose you gotta yeah, be too mellow man yeah. you, when you're when you're making art man you gotta have the balance of mellow and angry mm-hmm. you gotta be mangry yeah but this this easel is is you know it's not just a an easel to put your own paper on but it comes with paper like a sketchbook yeah so a really big thing we spent a lot of time really trying to figure this out. We we knew we wanted to provide a system that would allow people just to invest in the system and just not have to think about it. Okay, I'm just going to buy a refill. And we knew we wanted the refills to be the same price as a normal sketchbook. You know, but like we're not selling a sketchbook, we're selling an easel. It just turns into something as portable as a sketchbook. You know, so it's hard to break people out of that mind shift of the, the price point right yeah because they're used to buying it for cheap and throwing it away and we're trying to get people to buy, buy the this, easel buy the easel and then have refillable yeah paper but, to to add to it but then we also were like you know what we're not paper makers we're not we're not big players in the game we can't provide arches 100 percent cotton rag watercolor paper on a pad right so we came up with this idea of putting a uh 
basically a clipboard clip on a backing board that connects to it. So you could literally have like one of our drawing sketch pads attached to this in your bag all folded up and then have the clipboard module in your bag and maybe your favorite paper that we don't provide yet. And you can use all of that on this system because you could detach the sketchbook from our easel, the refill, and then put on the modular uh, clip attachment and then clip your own paper to it. That's awesome. Yeah, so there's really no limit. I mean, except for size, you know. But we're changing that after this campaign. Oh, yeah, we're going bigger. What's the uh, size now? Just eight and a half by eleven, or it's eight by ten paper. Eight by ten. The the cover is bigger, you know, to give you lots of that protection to protect the corners and the edges. Mm-hmm. I I hate it, Johnny, when I have a drawing that I love, and the edges of the corners start to curl or get frayed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like in your absolutely. bag, it's the worst, dude. Yeah. And, like, you don't want to tear it out because you're still working on it sometimes. Right. But so we made it intentionally bigger so you have, like, a good half inch all the way around the page nice. of wood. You know, like, it's hard. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah. What's the easel made out of? Uh, so the we have two versions. We have a, a limited edition, more of the luxury one. It's maple. It's laser cut. And it smells delicious That's when the laser burns the wood. Yeah. It's a nice wood. It's like... It's like bacon. Well, it's not like bacon for all you people who don't like bacon. It's it's delicious. Yeah. It looks like leather when it burns. I mean, it's beautiful. And we hand oil these things. Um, Where do you get them made at? So we cut them ourselves, dude. Like, this is all us. Yeah. We design the vectors. Uh, well, Josh designs the vectors. <laughs> and then I tell Josh I want a curve to be a little bit different, and he redesigns the vector. And then he, we cut them on a laser, man. It made... Uh, made an STL in Del Mar. Amazing place. If if you haven't been to Made, go get a free tour. It's it's amazing. What's Made? So if you guys remember uh, Tech Shop, <laughs> remember Tech Shop? No. So there was a big wave of like maker spaces, and Tech Shop was a. Uh, they had like plasma cutters and water jet cutters and all kinds of good jazz, and then they went belly up, and uh, there was one here in St. Louis and. Third Degree Glass Company bought up all their equipment. And then basically they opened up uh, a makerspace right across from Third Degree Glass. And it's just a total makerspace, man. Um, and they're doing an amazing job. What, a makerspace. What, what's a makerspace? So imagine, um, imagine you have an idea or you want to do something with your art that you need ex- really expensive tools to do it with but you can't afford to buy that $20,000 tool, you can pay for a membership here at the, at the MADE, oh. MADE in STL, and have unlimited access to that tool. Is that the same MADE STL that I've been seeing? I think so. It has the, the type that's kind of a... No, no, like different. Sans serif. It's like kind of tubing looking. Okay, different. Because there, there's a lot of MADE in STL. I think that's it, dude. MADE in STL. Interesting. That's one of their hashtag made in STL, I think, is what. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember this. It's <laughs> it's orange and black is their their sort of branding. I think is orange and black. Okay. Yeah, I think it might be different. And it's all capitals and made. Yeah. I think it's made STL. Huh. I feel like a really big jerk right now. But there, but that is this space. Yeah, and we we rent their laser cutters. Basically, we is pay for a membership and. Is uh, our memberships pretty affordable it's for like fifty bucks a person? I think per month. Yeah, yeah. 
It's not too bad. Not too bad. I but mean, if you're selling your stuff, then well, it's, it pays for it. Yeah. What kind of like machineries? I mean, I, I guess uh, CNC cutters. Name it. Say if they have it or not. I think Routers it's like, and yes. printers. Yes. Uh, screen printing. Yes. Um, digital printing. Yes. They don't have offset printing. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, welding. Welding. Giant CNC routers, sanders, yeah. can, sewing machines. Uh, can, and that, those routers, can they cut anything? Uh, I mean, they, they, have, cut metal? they have anything to cut anything. They yeah. Plasma cutters, water jet cutters, um, you know. So this place is legit. It's legit. They have a full wood shop, like a, a serious wood shop. And then they have everything you need for metal fabrication. And then they've got like 3D printers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where, where do you get the wood from for the easels? Well, we buy it ourselves. You, I mean, you can buy stuff from them, but we source it ourselves. Do you get it from... It's a little trade secret. Oh, do you, do you get like... I, I drove past uh, this like little farmhouse on my way down to Leesburg on a, for a float trip. Yeah. And out in the front of this guy's house is just all this wood. That's awesome. And it's just like, come and pick it up and pay what it, what you want type of deal. So we can't we can't plane our own wood. Like We can't go buy the wood and then make the, the planks. Um, so we have to find someone that can give us... a. a an affordable deal um, in America that'll cut it down for us, basically, and, and make it. So that's the maple one, but we also do what's called tempered hardboard. And basically, it's like what clipboards are made of. Mm-hmm. Kind of like masonite? Uh, it's not quite masonite. It's, 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 they call it tempered hardboard. And basically, we get the stuff that's very dark in color. It's like espresso brown. And the reason it's like that is because it's actually pressed and baked in linseed oil. So it's water resistant. Oh, nice. So you can be in the rain with this thing drawing and it doesn't damage it. It's amazing. Get some water resistant paper and you're... Yeah, you're there you go. Get you like some right in the rain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these easels, man, like they're they're so cool. Like you you brought it in and uh, showed us at work one day and I was blown away. Like the, the design and... and uh, idea for these is 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 really cool. Like, I I got so excited. Thanks. But man. it's a uh, a thing that that I think you're you're gonna see take off. Hope hopefully. I hope so, man. There's a lot of stuff we want to do, but we we can't do anything until we start getting you know funding. Um, I mean, I have this. We 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 sort of had this pipe dream of like having a foundation, an arts foundation. Um, and even if you look on our Kickstarter now, we actually have a reward tier where people can pledge um, to basically help us donate class sets of these easels to underfunded art programs in St. Louis. That's awesome. And eventually we want to just have a foundation that can do this. Mm-hmm. We want to take a certain percentage of all the proceeds and then basically just, you know, on an annual basis or as, as often as we can, find an art program. And just give them a class set, you know. Um, That's so cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it's as an art teacher in St. Louis Public. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Teachers are using their own Dude, money to buy supplies. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I've, I've had to buy, like, so much stuff. Yeah. I even had to buy my own, like, copier, <laughs> basically, <laughs> just to, like, give kids photo references of things, you know. Because they're like, well, you can't use your cell phone in class. Well, then if they can't look at reference references on their phone... How am I going to get them 
you know, reference material, you know, so... Yeah, no. Re- I mean, really, this day and age, the schools are so, still saying uh, no, no phones in class. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, I, mean I, I understand, like, in, you know, if it's math class or or you know, uh, science class, or, or no, I would even see it in science I, class. Ma- know, math class would be like the only yeah. class I'd be like, no phones, you guys, no cheating. Yeah, but what about the scientific calculator app, Johnny? I mean, Wolfram Alpha. Well, ho- well, hopefully you got a nice calculator for your for your math. But it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, fun, schools like I I, I, I know how it like it, it not having the 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 right equipment for for what you, what you what you need is so frustrating. Yeah, it is, and and, and I'm and I'm act, I I prefer students to not have their phones. But when you need when you need something, and you can't you don't have computers or you don't have the resources, you have to use what you got. Right. You know. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. And anyone who wants to gift a class with this, we have a really special thing to give them as well that includes, you know, a maple diesel with some other extra stuff as a thank you, you know. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's... um. Where, yeah, do you, where, where do you guys do this all out of, like, right, right now? Where are you guys... Our homes, man. Like yeah? In our basements, yeah. What's or, uh? Oh, Nebula actually. We do a lot of stuff at Nebula. Yeah. So Nebula, I think a lot of people that would listen would be familiar with. But for those who aren't, Nebula is like a incubator down on Cherokee. Yeah. So Nebula. The, I mean, I think the way that Jason, the guy who started it, he kind of words it is: it's an unconventional workspace for the modern workers. Oh no, it's uh, it's an unconventional workspace for the unconventional person or career or whatever and you've got like it's a mix of lawyers marketers artists um i mean everything you can think of it's there like people have their own offices or it's a co-op not a co-op it's like an open uh what is it called open door first come first serve kind of thing you walk in and you you find a place to work and it's just amazing good vibes all these you know great spaces to work and uh, we, we share a studio there with David Gordon, who is uh, one of the guys we sponsor. So we've been sp- finding artists that, you know, really, that we really connect with. What does um, David Gordon do? David Gordon is a, a really awesome graphic novelist. Um, he's actually, I call him a creative. He does everything. But right now, I think his main focus is uh, getting his graphic novel off the ground. And he's got Kwame Hightower and The Man With No Name. You might have heard of that. It's on Amazon. It's it's everywhere right now in St. Louis. I bought a, I've bought like two copies. My kids love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I've never even heard of this. Yeah, it's like a spin on King Arthur, basically. It's like an updated King Arthur. And what's it called again? Uh, Kwame Hightower. So K W A M E Kwame Hightower, and the man with no name. And these are two separate things. That's or? one thing. That's volume one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but David's been like this amazing support for us um invited us into his studio he was the first guy that i uh the first artist here in st louis that we started sponsoring and uh, he came to my classroom actually and and gave a demonstration to my kids for free like spent like his whole day i didn't even know the guy like it was a friend of a friend that had asked him to to come help us out and he like yeah absolutely dude that's amazing who does that like this guy's a he's got two jobs two careers and he's carving out a full day to like to come and talk. Because this is a good idea, man. Dude. Well, he didn't even know about this. He didn't even know about the Rasa stuff. 
he just did this just because he's awesome. And then I bought him breakfast. I, we, I was like, dude, I got to, like, can, can I just, you know, can we walk around the corner and have a meal? Because I'm so grateful you came here and did this. And That's I got so to know cool. him. And I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, he sounds awesome. Yeah, he's such a cool dude. David, what's his name again? Gordon. David Gordon? David Gordon, yeah. Uh, DKG72 is his handle on, like, everything. DKG72. Yeah. Go check yeah. him out. That's awesome. And the graphic novel is Kwame Hightower and the Man with No Name. Kwame Hightower and the Man with No Name. Yeah. I had a, my one of my students stole it from me. That's how good it is. Really? Yeah. Oh. I lent it to a student and never got it back. And like the student took off too? Yeah. Like he didn't come it back? Is, yeah. It's like gone. Oh my gosh. Oh, he still goes there. I'm just going to let him keep it because if he likes it that much, he can have it. What's uh? What are some, some of the... Uh, things that you guys have have struggled with with uh creating this like oh, what, what kind of obstacles have you come across besides Such people stealing stuff <laughs> question um the biggest thing and it's it's funny because everything that we've done so far everyone says don't do i mean like we we have literally broken like every rule of starting a business they say don't go into business with a friend check we did that one <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my God, I'm forgetting what other rules we broke, we, we've broken, but basically when, when you read a book about starting a business and you look <laughs> you at the, guys like, are doing the exact do, opposite, we're, we're, we're breaking all these rules. <laughs> um, I mean, Josh and I, we have a very unique relationship where we're constantly pushing each other. And so the hardest thing for us has just been learning our dynamic. You know, we've never lived in the same place, uh, for a while now. And so learning, who's best at what and letting that other person do what they're best at has been, you know, it's like a marriage, honestly. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys have any, uh, marriage like, uh, quirks and, uh, or traditions, anything in the middle of one when you came in yesterday to pick up some stuff. Oh really? It seemed like, uh, Josh was very, uh, we were lashing each other. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. No, we, we, we fight clean. We oil wrestle. Usually, <laughs> but there was that wasn't an opportune moment to do that. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean it's it's great. Like we've we've had a lot of hard talks. I mean we we value our friendship so much that we actually have like put in writing um, how to protect our friendship above the company. Like wow. we made that like blood brother oath to each other. Yeah, you know if something goes sour, how do we you know resolve this before it ever happens? You know, which I think everyone listening, if you're thinking of doing anything with a friend, put everything in writing, (laughs) everything in writing, not because you want to be like a corporate turd, but because you want to make sure that both of you understand each other's expectations and no one feels like the other person's not pulling their weight. Mm -hmm. Like put it in writing and really, really make sure that you guys are communicating any frustrations like when they happen because resentment is it's it can creep in so easily and you have to protect your friendships yeah like relationships matter more than anything yeah anything and this business doesn't mean anything at all if it destroys relationships dude mm-hmm. like why would i want to why would i want to see a business succeed if i lose my best friend right you know, like i don't want right. that yeah you know same with family like why would i want to see this business grow if I lose my marriage because I'm working too hard. You right. Know? Right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think just people, you know, put it in writing. 
you know I yeah that's yeah when it, yeah when it comes to to doing work yeah, yeah. definitely definitely protect yeah. your your friendships and your yeah. and your connections absolutely i forgot to put this podcast in writing but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have you sign that uh non-disclosure agreement <laughs> is that what that was is that what that was an nda is that was say. just an autograph <laughs> <laughs> read the fine print jake oh <laughs> uh, so what do you wish you would have known before starting the Kickstarter? Is there any any uh, advice that you could give uh, to somebody with an idea that might be pursuing the same kind of thing? This reminds me of the rule that I broke. Um, give yourself plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. I mean, people spend months, like four, five, six months building their Kickstarter page, just the page alone. And we did it all in like, three weeks <laughs> <laughs> is that why the type is so big <laughs> <laughs> type, type is big so that uh, your baby boomer can read <laughs> what, what, we, what we're doing on their jitterbug those baby boomers yeah, man I their mean, glasses keep getting thicker and thicker yeah you know well, jitterbugs need big type <laughs> Hopefully none of our listeners know what a jitterbug is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of hoping like there's like a a millennial who has a jitterbug. Like I want to see that. Just carrying it around yeah. like I want <laughs> I like to know where the numbers are. <laughs> no more guessing. <laughs> I only have four friends. <laughs> but, uh, oh my gosh. So what, uh, I mean, you're a man of, of many talents. What else, uh, do you do besides, um, work on these, uh, these projects of yours? Oh, what what do you like to do for fun? What do you, what do you get out there and, and, and let it out? Can I, can I give one little piece of advice about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I do too many things <laughs> and for everything you say yes to, you have, you're saying no to like an infinite amount of things, right? So I've had to say no to to answer your question, playing guitar, starting a band, skateboarding more. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a musician um, too? Yeah, I love to play guitar, love to write songs. Were you ever in a band? Yes. Um, I'm going to let that band remain unnamed at the, oh, at the current moment. Wow. Yeah. Bad blood there? A little bit of bad blood. Oh. Well, it's not so much bad blood as, as, as it is. Um, everything that I wrote for it then got sort of bastardized. Oh, like the band left and then like it was replaced by other people and then they tried to play what we had written and mm-hmm. then it was just really really bad mm-hmm. so i don't want my name attached to what they did basically gotcha you know. your stuff was it was probably way better with you well thank you john <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what uh what instrument did you play guitar guitar yeah yeah, yeah. where'd you learn to play uh self-taught yeah bedroom friends you know, if you hear about a kid who knows a song you don't know, you ride your bike to his house and you you bother him until he teaches you it. Well, I mean, you were trained by a famous watercolor artist. I figured you might have been trained by like, <laughs> oh, man, you know. Oh, no. I didn't. Ha- yeah, I was too much of a punk then. Yeah. You know, I, start, I started playing guitar t- to piss off my dad. <laughs> like, yeah. you didn't even have a, uh, a song or... Uh, no. <laughs> it was, was like, just like, here's this loud object. My well, dad hates loud noises. And it's <laughs> funny because the, the watercolor guy, right? Yeah. Like, I stopped going to him because he made fun of me for doing an abstract painting. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I got to where he was like, I could sign your paintings. It was like, I had passed the test. 
you know, and then I brought him like an abstract thing. I I'd seen, I, I saw Giorgio Key for the first time. And so I did like this, you know, thing trying to like do something like she did of those like really close up, you know, flowers. And I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Like, what is this? And so I started playing with that and I brought it to him and he was like, this is terrible. He's like, this looks like a cracked pumpkin, which was funny when he said that. So my dad laughed, you know. But then I think my dad's laughing at me. I'm a little kid. Oh, know? yeah, man. You know, and then, then he takes me back to this room and he's like, you see this closet? It's like, you see this stack of paintings in the top of the closet? And he pulls one down. It's like framed and it's beautiful. He goes, this is what my last student made me. You see where it's at? It's in the closet. It stays in the closet. <laughs> Seriously. Dang. So that was like the last lesson. And I'm like, okay, well, if, I've, if I can't get any better at doing what I'm doing here with you, then I guess I need to leave and go do something else. And That's messed up, man. I was like, well, okay, I'm going to play guitar now, I guess. And screw you, Bob Ross. I'm done with wildlife and <laughs> mountains. Oh, yeah, like... I, guess, I mean, I guess it's it's one maybe you know from his perspective, you know, it's like I'm trying to teach him this thing, yeah. not you know. I think he was afraid that I wasn't going to make any money doing abstract art because he would tell me a lot of like he's like, you see that fireplace? A painting paid for that fireplace. You see that over there? A painting paid for that. See that carport? Two paintings. <laughs> you know, it's like so he's like. You know, he was selling Filling your head with, yeah, yeah these... But I didn't want to paint ducks anymore, man. Like, I was tired of painting ducks. <laughs> That's what it was. It was ducks and, you know, more ducks. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's so wild, man. Yeah. I can't... Yeah, it's it's tough to, to especially have somebody that, you know, is teaching you and you're you're respecting and mentor and, and, and it's like... And then your dad comes in on top of it. Oh, and man. just laugh at that. Yeah, oh, well, man. I think my dad was just, like, afraid that he was going to, like, stop teaching me. Yeah. You know, because my dad's like, my dad couldn't afford to pay for lessons. Right. You know, like, there's no way in hell my dad... My dad was a truck driver, you know, and, like, working his butt off, you know, like to... And my mom would stay home when we were younger, and then, you know, like, you've got, you know, two parents who were just making sure their kids have what they need to to try to be happy and healthy and yeah. here's this amazing opportunity and oh my god did my son just ruin this you know so but yeah I mean I was way too sensitive too dude as a kid like I'm still too sensitive <laughs> you know so I think like if any other kid had probably like had that happen to them they probably would just laughed too right and not have been like so crushed but I quit art I totally quit art after that for like years wow just sort of playing guitar, yeah. Damn, that's that's so hard. That that's like to be crushed like that, and to be able to rebound as well. Like, so you say your skin's not thick, but but here you are. Here I am. <laughs> well, when you oil wrestle, when you oil wrestle, you know someone like Josh. You, oh yeah, kind of, <laughs> you become a stronger man. <laughs> who who usually wins those oil matches? <laughs> it's usually a draw. <laughs> it's always a draw in an it's oil wrestling. Yeah. We just tie her out. You know. Just go get some beers afterwards. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> where, scotch. Where do you guys uh uh like to go out and uh like St. Louis is such a foodie town. Do you guys oh, have man. a have a spot where you like to go? Dude, there's an Ethiopian restaurant on Grand Mescarum. That Ms. Remy, 
It's Ethiopian. I can't say it. It's on South Grand. I'm trying to think of the, how it's spelled. Meskarom. Meskarom. Something, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah? It's like, Ethiopian? Yeah. So if you're a vegetarian or you like meat, like you can, those two people can have like a meal together. Best of both worlds. Yeah. It's so awesome. Um, what about you? What's your favorite restaurant? Dude, I, my palate is so wide. Like I love everything. Yeah. Like there's, there's not too many things that I'm like, I'm not going to eat that. What about Fast Eddie's? You like that? Hell yeah, I love Fast like Eddie's, man. Eddies. Oh, dude, I'll go down there and get some shrimp. Does your colon like Fast Eddie's? No, my body <laughs> hates the food I eat. <laughs> my 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 taste senses, my taste buds love it. Like I yeah. ju- I just enjoy eating like yeah. so so much. I like my and my girlfriend is an amazing chef, oh, like man. and she's always cooking me dude. amazing things. And it's so great because she loves to pick out you know where we're gonna go because she's yeah. always she always you know I mean they all the female is always you know. Where do you want to eat? Where where should we go eat? And I'm like, wherever you want. Well, I, would well, just say I don't that. know where I'm. Where, I'm just like, yeah. if, if I if I, it's a delicate balance, but I I eventually get it out of her, mm-hmm. and and then she's like, okay, we're going here, and we we'll, we love going to oh, Himalayan Yeti over on Kings Highway. If you've never eaten there, what is it's it? it's uh, uh 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 Indian. It's uh oh, oh dude, it's nice, so good. Dude. I'm really into like. Pakistani food right now, mm-hmm. Indian food. Oh yeah, the spices. Dude, oh yeah, it's. I think my body just needs it. Honestly, <laughs> need a, to purge. There's an artist, a, a Pakistani American artist, who was telling me I got to start eating Paki food because of my my body and stuff. Yeah, so I'm down for that, dude. We got to go there. But I'm also down for you know an American classic like fa- Fast Eddie's or yeah. or uh, uh, O'Connell's uh, right there at, at Kings Highway and uh, oh in Shaw. yeah like. Their burgers Dude. with the with the cheddar. Oh mm. man, like mm, I'm craving. I'm I'm I got into. I'm I'm just all of a sudden got hungry. It's it's hungry dinner. Now. It's dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm need. I'm gonna need like a. Where's Where's uh your favorite place to go get a drink? Oh man. Um, I mean, mm. down there on Cherokee. You ever been to Fortune Teller? I have not been to Fortune Teller because I, when I'm on Cherokee, I'm I'm working typically. Like so, I don't want to go drink. Yeah, right. okay. and they have beer at Nebula. Like they give you free beer at Nebula, so it's like really, yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's free coffee, and the coffee's like really good coffee from botanical roasters or something like that. And free yeah. citywide beer, dude. Like the Pilsners. Yeah, it's just they yeah. handed out a couple when I was there the other night. Right, right. Yeah, it's I mean, delicious. so. But okay, drinks. Oh man. Um, I don't go to bars much anymore, dude. Yeah. Like, as a family man. Sucks it out of you. Well, I just, I mean, like an evening at the bar. Isn't as enjoyable as an evening at home with it, the fam. It costs a lot more. And it, yeah. <laughs> and it costs, yes. Yeah, and not just money. Like, it, like, I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. You know, like, so whatever little bit of time I, I have, I, I want to be home, mm-hmm. you know. But like with you, I'll go anywhere to have a drink with you, John. Oh, yeah. thanks, Jake. You just name it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right now we're just having a spiked seltzer in a bush. Right. <laughs> They're the pretty pretty refreshed. Yeah, Riders Riders Tavern. I do like that place a lot. Where's Riders? Riders Tavern is the old Bleeding Deacon. Is that in the? It's on down in Dutchtown. Yeah, yeah. Chip- it's on Chippewa, like right there with Chippewa and Gravoy. Okay. It's right next to uh, Simple Pleasures for all of you freaks out there. Oh. Is that the place that does the one night stand? No. 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 
There's like a, or maybe that it, that is a. There's Are a you place talking about called Pleasures limits. right now, or the bar. There's a bar. I think at least if I'm in the right not location in my place. head. No, okay. not the silhouette of the person in a chair that says one night stand. That's like really raunchy looking, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> no. This is like Oak Hill and Chippewa. Okay. Yeah. Did you know the QT right there? It's right across from that QT, like Chippewa and Gravel. All right. Okay. Yeah. I know where that QT is. Yeah. I've just and never. Of course, been there. the QT is like. That's the landmark for anyone. Yeah. By that one QT. By that QT. Or Ted Drew's. That's a good landmark. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Riders is good. Civil Life. You know. So, Jake, uh, wrapping up this podcast here, um, what is, I like to always ask, you know, what are some mistakes you've made or something that you've failed at? Mm. Maybe a, a regret or something that you've gotten over to or uh, to overcome to to get to where you are now what's but i mean we've talked about a lot we've talked about you you know being a monk and moving from yeah. here to dallas and back again what's what's uh what's something that kind of sticks out to you that we haven't touched on man it's uh whew, we, we how deep do we want to go we got how much time do we got <laughs> we got endless amount of time okay. there's no time limit on a podcast i, I would say <laughs> Like the my so first of all, like I want everyone to know that what everyone tells you is only their story. Like, please don't take anyone's truth to be your truth. Like, let their story be their story. And because we all share, you know, we're all part of the human sea. Like, there's there might be some overlapping truth there. But don't let someone tell you like, oh, you can't tour with your band and and make it. You'll be poor forever. Like, yeah, you might be poor for five, six, seven, eight years or forever. You don't know. But that's not your story. That's their story. And I think that was the mistake I made a lot until recently was I would I would share my dream or share, you know, my excitement. Because, dude, I get excited about stuff and I can't stop talking about it. And if you share this stuff with, with people who have tried that and failed, they're going to tell you that it's not going to work because that's like their comfort zone. Because if, if you do it, and you succeed, then the truth becomes for them that the problem was them, not what they tried. You know? Mm -hmm. And they don't, people don't want to face that, you know, if they didn't make it, um, that it, that was probably them, that it wasn't because of what they tried to do. You know? You hear about these stories like Metallica, like, touring for years like seven eight nine years you know like poor like eating bologna like literally just eating a piece of bologna for like a meal one meal a day yeah i, I love bologna <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> don't that's, that's, that's actually a really great I meal saw your, i saw your mustache twitching when i said that and i was like what is about to happen <laughs> and then that came out of your mouth <laughs> I'm serious, though. I love a bologna and cheese sandwich. It's like, my favorite. You oh, like yeah. beanie winnies, too, don't you? Surprisingly, no. Really? <laughs> 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 I was looking for a beanie winnie, man. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, my god. That gosh. would be my biggest thing is I've, I've let other people tell me what uh, what can and can't be done mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and, I mean, it's great to share, but, like, just remember, like, when you share, like, 
people are going to react based on their own story and they're going to try to superimpose that on you a lot of times. Yeah. For real, for real. Yeah. Especially parenting, man. Everybody who has a kid thinks they're an expert in parenting. Oh, yeah. I'm an expert. (laughs) (laughs) We're teaching. Yeah. It's hard. You know what the hardest? The hardest person to teach is a teacher. Yeah. I'll never teach teachers. It's like the worst thing in the world to try to do. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're hard-headed. Oh, yeah. Every teacher thinks that they've got the right idea. Yeah. The knowledge. Can't teach a teacher. Yeah. Man, Jake. Well, it's been great. Where uh, let's let's uh, tell everybody again where we can go uh, find out about Raza Easels. Yeah. So there's two different ways to get there. Uh, well, there's so social media. Let's start there. The easiest way: Instagram, just Rasa Easels, R A S A Easels, Rasa Easels, and then from there you can go to our Kickstarter. Um, at, on the Kickstarter, again, just Rasa Easels. You'll find us. Uh, webpage: RasaEasels.com. And all of these have links to our Kickstarter. So yeah, definitely, guys, if you um, even just take a look at it, like even if like we even have like a, a $5 pledge, like anything helps, honestly, like, you know, anything, anything. I mean, seriously, like we're so grateful for any kind of love, you know, or even just sharing it. Like if if you can't do a, a $5 fist bump, dude, just share it with a social group that you're a part of, you know, like that's that's huge. Yeah. Totally huge. I mean, people are people are where it's at, man. Dude, I got this Facebook group I'm a part of. I'm definitely going to share this because awesome. it's it's filled with with artists and creatives. Like, Love it. I think they'll get a kick out of it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been great having you over uh, in the in the uh, studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm loving this painting. Over you like that? Amazing. That's uh, Sean Burkhardt. Uh, I thought it was you. No, I d- I don't hang my own artwork. You don't hang your own. No artwork. way. My what, about that, what about that giant hot dog or bologna, a slice of bologna over there? Is that <laughs> no, that no, that I just threw that there earlier. That's just <laughs> that's sometimes you know how you used to, you know, if you hated somebody, you go throw some bologna on their car. Oh yeah, <laughs> my mom would tell me when I was a kid, if like when I had to mop the floor, she's like, when I come home, if I can't throw a piece of bologna on this floor and you eat it, it ain't clean enough. Oh yeah, so. dang. You ever had that test? I've I've never had that test before. Bologna off the floor, but yeah, because bologna's a little slimy. You know, it's gonna pick up anything that's not on there. So (laughs) that's awesome, Jake. Uh, Well, thanks again for coming by. Um, Go check out Raza Easels, and uh, until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you out there. Uh, Have a great night, and and we'll uh, we'll do this again soon. Talk to you later.